it might interest you to know that the first two skills a soldier learns in the United States Army are these skills right here. Number one, how to listen. And number two, how to walk. It's the truth. Before a soldier ever learns how to fire a weapon or dig a foxhole or survive in combat, he or she must first learn to listen and to walk. And for all of you veterans out there, you know that there's a word for this. The word is marching. It's true. Marching requires a soldier to listen to his or her superior's cadence and then to walk according to that cadence. And our Christian life is very much the same. When we become soldiers for the Lord, the first thing we must learn is how to listen to what God is saying to us, and then to walk according to His cadence. I want you to take out your message notes for today and listen to what our Lord and leader says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Here's what He says. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. If the truth be told, God has his marching orders for you, and he has his marching orders for Mission Liberty Hill. In the days that are ahead, God is going to be making his plan and his purposes for Mission Liberty Hill known, as together with your new pastor, Pastor Mike Kofer, you're going to seek to listen to the Lord and then walk in the ways that he is preparing for this family of faith. So today I want to speak with you on this subject. Here's the title of my message for today. Getting the guidance you need. How to tune in to God's will for your life and for your church. In the time that I have served you, I have taught you that God speaks to his people in his church today. Job chapter 33 verse 14 says this, you see it on your notes, God does speak, now one way, now another. And we've learned that God speaks. He gives his guidance first and foremost through the word of God, the Bible. That's the main way that God speaks, but God will also speak through impressions of the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of fellow believers, and through the circumstances of life. As long as these are always subject to and in agreement with the Word of God. So, how can you get the guidance you need? How can you tune in to what God is saying to you? Well, we have a great example of someone in the Bible who tuned into God, who learned to listen 
and to walk according to God's cadence in his life. This man's name is Habakkuk, the prophet. And today, we, the people of Mission Liberty Hill, can learn from Habakkuk about five ways to get the guidance you need. So I'm going to ask you to open up your Bible now to the book of Habakkuk. And if you wonder where on earth is the book of Habakkuk, it's found toward the back of the Old Testament. It's the fifth to the last book of the Old Testament. So find the book of Habakkuk and just turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to get into this section of Scripture in just a moment. I'm giving you a little extra time today to find that book. When you come to church next Sunday, in order to come through the door, you'll have to be able to spell Habakkuk. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, now before we look at this passage from Habakkuk, I want to share with you two very important facts, and I'd like to ask you to write these facts down on your message notes. Here's the first one. God cares about the details of your life. God cares about the details of your life. Listen to what Jesus had to say in Matthew 6, verses 31 and 32. Jesus said, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. This is an amazing verse, if you think about it, because this verse says that God is concerned about what you wear, what you eat, what you drink. He's concerned about the details of your life. In fact, He gives more thought to the details of your life than you do. Even some of you chronic worriers who are constantly obsessing out about details in your life Give it a rest because God's doing that thinking for you. He's constantly attending to the details of your life. And until you understand this and really embrace this fact, what will happen is you, you, you really won't seek much guidance from God because you'll have an attitude that says, God's not interested in that. I'm not going to bother him about that. He, he leaves the details up to me. And you just won't seek him for guidance. But God cares about the details of your life. And always remember, he cares about the details of Mission Liberty Hill's life too. And here's the second important fact. Not only does God care about the details of your life, God is ready to give you the guidance you need. God is ready to give you the guidance that you need. Here's what the Scripture says in James 1, verses 5 and 6 on your notes. God is always ready to give you a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask Him. He won't resent it, but when you ask Him, be sure that you really expect Him to tell you. God cares about the details of your life. God is ready to give you the guidance of 
that you need. These are two important facts that you need to know. And when you know these things, it will make a difference in the way that you go about life. It will make a difference in the way your church functions and lives. You know, I once heard the story of a man who had a wife, and his wife had this cat that the man absolutely hated. He did not like this cat one bit. So finally, one weekend when his wife was out of town for the weekend visiting her mother, this man took the cat out and drowned it. Well, when his wife came home and found that the cat was gone, she was unconsolable. I mean, she was just in total despair. So wanting to quiet her down and comfort her, the man made a grand gesture of putting an ad out offering a $5,000 reward for the safe return of the cat. Well, one of his friends knew how this man felt about that cat, so he went to him and he said, that's crazy to offer that much money for a cat. And the man looked at his friend and with a smile said, it doesn't mind, it doesn't bother me one bit because when you know what I know, you can afford to take the risk. And I want to tell you, when you know what God knows, that he cares about every single detail of your life. And when you know what God knows, that he is ready to give you the guidance that you need, what will happen to you is this. You will start to do whatever is necessary. You know, hey, I can afford to do whatever is necessary to get the guidance that I need from God. And you'll be willing to do whatever is necessary because you know it's worth it and you know that God will lead you. So let me share with you today five ways to tune in to God, five ways to get the guidance you need from God. And we see these five ways right here in Habakkuk chapter 2, in Habakkuk's life and in Habakkuk's words. So I want you to see what Habakkuk had to say in Habakkuk chapter 2, we're going to camp today on verses 1, 2, and 3 of Habakkuk chapter 2. So let's start with verse 1. Habakkuk said, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Verse 2, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The first thing you need to do if you're going to receive detailed guidance from God is this. Write it on your notes. You must withdraw. That's right. You must withdraw. And by that I mean Get alone with God in a quiet place. Look again at verse 1 in your Bible. Habakkuk starts off that verse by saying, I will stand at my watch. The Good News translation 
captures the Hebrew meaning of that phrase when it says this, I will climb my watchtower. In essence, this is what Habakkuk said, I'm going to get off by myself. I'm going to eliminate the external distractions so that I can hear the still small voice of my Savior. I'm going to get to a quiet place alone with God. That's not an easy thing to do some days, is it? A while back, I read an article about Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was the mother of Charles and John Wesley. Charles Wesley wrote several hundred hymns, many of which would be familiar to you. They're still sung in the church today. John Wesley is the founder of the Methodist Church. And these were just two of Susanna Wesley's children. Let me read to you just one paragraph from this article. Susan, Susanna Wesley was the mother of 18 children. And you think you have problems. Two of her sons, Charles and John, shaped England in their day. With 18 children, how did Susanna Wesley ever find a quiet place to pray? This was her solution. She would sit in her living room and throw her apron up over her head. The children knew that when their mother was in her rocking chair with her apron up over her head, she was not to be disturbed. That's one way. Susanna Wesley withdrew. And the only way that you are ever going to be able to sort out the necessary from the unnecessary, the important from the unimportant, the eternal from the temporary, the truth of God from the whimsy of man, the only way you're ever going to be able to sort that out is for you to have a consistent pattern and practice in your life of getting alone to a quiet place so that you can hear the still small voice of God. You need to learn to withdraw. As the scripture says in Luke 5 verse 16, look at that, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If he needed it, so do you. Secondly, if you want to get the guidance you need, if you're going to tune into God's will for your life and for your church, even as you withdraw, get alone with God to a quiet place, it's also important that you, write this down, wait, that you wait. And by waiting, I mean this, that you slow down and be still. The second thing that Habakkuk says in verse 1 is this, look back in your Bible, Habakkuk said, I will station myself on the ramparts. In the Good News translation, he says, I will wait. In essence, Habakkuk said, I'm not going to rush this thing. I'm not going to come before God and say, God, I need information from you, and I need it right now. You have one minute. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to slow down and be still so that I can hear from God, because this is what God says, after all, in Psalm 40, verse 6, be still and know that I am God. Hurry is the death of hearing from God. 
I'll say it again. Hurry is the death of hearing from God. You need to be careful of the barrenness of a busy life. Here's a little limerick I came across years ago that describes so well the character of modern day living. It goes this way. When in wonder, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. And boy, doesn't that describe modern day life today? If you wonder what God wants you to do in your life, it's just the opposite. You need to slow down and be still. King David knew this, and he practiced it in his life. Look at what David wrote in Psalm 62, verse 5 on your notes. For God alone my soul waits in silence. And I want to tell you that this is a good word for Mission Liberty Hill in the coming months. You will recall that one of Mission Liberty Hill's early steps after its new pastor arrives is to prayerfully go through a time of missional goal setting. And I want to tell you right now, this is going to be counterintuitive. It really will be. Because the tendency will be to say, our new pastor is here. Let's get going and do something. And the bigger question is, what does God want you to do? And you'll only know that if you go through a process of getting quiet and still before him, waiting upon him and listening to what he says he wants Missing Liberty Hill to do. First, you withdraw as you get alone in a quiet place with God. Secondly, you wait as you slow down and be still. And if you want to get the guidance you need, here's the third thing. You must watch. Write that down. You must watch. And by this I mean, let God speak to you in his word. Let God speak to you in his word. The third thing Habakkuk says in verse 1 is this. Look again at verse 1. He says, I will look to see what he will say to me. Habakkuk knew that God wanted to speak to him, and God did. And I want to tell you that God wants to speak to you too. He wants to give you the guidance you need for your life in Christ. One of the very reasons why Jesus gave up his life on the cross to cleanse you of your sin was so that you could live in an intimate relationship with him, a personal relationship where he speaks to you in his word and he guides you by his Holy Spirit to know the way that he wants you to go. So that you might be able to say what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 105. Look at that scripture on your notes. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In the months and years that are ahead, listen to this, there are many, many paths that Mission Liberty Hill can take. But the only right path for Mission Liberty Hill to take is the path that God wants you to take. And you'll only know that if something happens. You see, the ability of Mission Liberty Hill to take the right path 
will be dependent upon the people of Mission Liberty Hill spending time in God's word in their personal life. Withdrawing each day to get alone with God in a quiet place. Waiting each day as they slow down and be still. And then watching each day as they let God speak to them in his word. And in your life together, studying God's word in Bible studies and small groups, sharing God's word in ministry meetings. And when you're spending time with one another, bringing and opening, using your Bibles when you come to Sunday morning worship, then you will know the path that God wants you to take. And this leads to the fourth step in getting the guidance that you need from God. As you withdraw, as you wait, as you watch, step four is to write. To write. And by this I mean record the ideas you receive from God. Record the ideas you receive. Look at what the Lord said to Habakkuk in verse 2, the next verse. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Here's how the Good News translation puts it. The Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly what I reveal to you. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Mike, what does this have to do with me? Well, I'll tell you what it has to do with you. Studies tell us that we forget 90 to 95 percent of what we hear within 72 hours of hearing it. This is a really discouraging statistic for a preacher. I'll tell you that. But it's true. It's the absolute truth. So if you remember this, that you're going to forget much of what God tells you if you don't what? Write it down. You're just going to forget it. If you don't, write it down. But when you withdraw, when you get alone to a quiet place with God, and when you wait as you slow down and be still, and then you watch and you let God speak to you in his word, this is what's going to happen. I experience it time and time again. God will start downloading thoughts, ideas, direction into your mind. And as those things start to come, the best thing you can do is write those down so you don't forget them. And then you can pray over them and you can reflect on them and you can test to see if they're really from God. This is why I encourage you in the spiritual discipline of journaling. That you endeavor to hear from God when you're reading his word, when you're taking time alone with him. And then you write down the thoughts and ideas that come into your mind. And I'm not just flapping my lips here about this. I practice this in my life. Here are my journals from my two and a half years of serving here at Mission Liberty Hill. And uh, all three of them are full. I just started a fourth one 
two days ago. I thought I might get to the end of my ministry at Mission Liberty Hill before I started a new journal, but I ran out of pages. So these are my journals. And you see, when I've spent my time in God's Word each day, and I'm just, and please understand, when, when, when I'm spending time in God's Word, I'm not working on a sermon or a Bible study. I'm just quiet and still before God and reading His Word and saying, God, what do you have to say to me? Uh, what do you want me to do next? What word do you have for me? And it's amazing what God will do. And when that comes to my mind, what I do is I just write it down in my journal. And typically, I take one page a day, <laughs> and, and I'll just write down some scriptures and, and some thoughts that come to my mind. And this is how God has given me the wisdom that I have needed to serve as your vacancy pastor the past two years. You are sorely mistaken if you think I walked in here with my little tool case of 40 years of experience knowing just what to do. Sure, I knew what I could do, but I needed to know what God wanted me to do. And there's a big difference. There were lots of paths I could have gone. I needed to know what path God wanted me to go on. And it's the same way with you in your life. And it'll always be that way for us. So I encourage you to remember there is great blessing in writing down what you receive from God. And by the way, you don't need some holy book to be able to use for a journal. I just picked this up at Office Depot. I mean, it's just a, a notebook, and that's all I needed. Remember what God said early on in Scripture, the book of Deuteronomy. I love this verse. I put it there on your notes. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. If you want to get the guidance you need from God, if you want to tune in to God's will for your life and for your church, withdraw as you get alone with God in a quiet place. Wait as you slow down and be still. Watch as you let God speak to you in His Word. Write as you receive and record the ideas you receive. And then, finally, you must walk. You must walk. And by that I mean act on what God tells you to do. Look at what the Lord said to Habakkuk in the rest of verse 2 and all of verse 3. So that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will surely come and not delay. Or to put it another way, what God shows you to do, do it. What God shows Mission Liberty Hill to do, do it. Run with it. Even if it seems impossible. Even if it seems risky. Even if it involves sacrifice or faith or coloring outside the lines. Run with it. And God in His appointed time will be sure to bring it about. Because by God's grace and power, when Habakkuk did these things, he was able to say what he did in the very last verse of the book of Habakkuk. I put that verse on your notes, Habakkuk 3, verse 8, 19. Habakkuk said, 
The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. This is how to get the guidance you need from God. This is how to tune in to what he's saying to you and to your church. How to listen and how to walk. And if you will do what Habakkuk did, if you will do these five things, then as God speaks to you, primarily through his word, but also through impressions of the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of fellow Christians, and through the circumstances of life, you will go on to the heights in your life and your mission with him. Please don't settle for anything less. Many years ago, the President of the United States, Franklin Roosevelt, suddenly realized something one day. He realized that when he stood in reception lines in the East Room of the White House, people who came up to greet him never listened to what he was saying to them. He became so certain of this, he decided to test out his theory at one evening reception. And as people came up to the line, you know, holding out their hand, their face filled with excitement at being face-to-face -face with the President of the United States, Franklin Roosevelt flashed that big smile of his, took their hand, and said these words to each person that came by. I murdered my mother-in-law last night. And everyone would say, keep up your good work. How wonderful. With the exception of one foreign diplomat, who when Franklin Roosevelt said, I murdered my mother-in-law last night, the foreign diplomat responded softly, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> well, won't you respond biblically to what Jesus Christ said to you today? Trust in Christ, who gave us all for you on the cross, that you could have this kind of relationship with God, so that you could tune in every day to what He is saying to you. This is how you and all of Mission Liberty Hill can get the guidance we need from God.